Hello, 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 and welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, and you join us here. Really, really busy time, isn't it? News stories coming at us from every direction, games coming at us from every direction. It's exactly how we like it here on the Women's Rugby Pod. So much to bring up to date with. There's so much going on that we had to get a, a voice of real authority on today, uh, and that's exactly what we've got for you. Uh, so many issues. We're, we're going to be talking about Ireland, the unbelievable press conference uh, and reaction uh, from various parts of the media and uh, players alike this week to comments made by Anthony Eddy, the director of women's rugby over at the IRFU. Uh, we're going to be talking about England New Zealand, the impact of those two games and what it means to the rest of the world and just how impressive were England. We're going to be talking about all the rest of the international fixtures as well. South Africa there, Wales, Japan, Canada, Scotland, USA, you name it. Uh, we will be talking about it all in the company of the Queen of Women's Rugby herself. Scrum Queen's founder, creator, writer, the leading authority on women's rugby, the voice of it, really. Ali Donnelly will be joining us on the pod, but also to scoop up to be a part of the wave of positivity coming out of Welsh rugby at the moment after last week's announcement of contracted players. We're going to talk to Karen Lake one of the most experienced players in the Wales Cup to talk us about the game of the weekend, the victory, the celebrations, and just what it's meant to to have a union who are publicly backing them and putting their money where their mouth is. We'll have all the international news from around the globe, if that wasn't enough as well. Of course, Nadi Butelezi will be bringing us up to date with all that news. But first, let's get the lady of Scrum Queens on the pod. Here's Ali Duncan. It's an absolute pleasure, as it always is, personally and professionally, to uh, have Ali Donnelly on the pod. Ali, how are you? How's the family? Very good, thank you. I have two two young girls now who I'm really looking forward to bringing to the England game this weekend for their first ex- first test rugby um, for them. So that'll be good fun. So yeah, I'll, I'll be the person running around like a crazy person in the stands. But yeah, they're good. They're good girls. Awesome. Are you are you going headphones? You going the the ear mufflers? Going uh, well, they're five and one, so I think they'll be all right. They'll be all right. Yeah, and it will be a huge huge crowd. Oh, look, we look forward to seeing you uh, on Sunday, Ali. There's so much going on. Um, it's a it's a busy old autumn. Um, rugby Europe, South Korean tour, Japan, Scotland, Ireland, all the home unions are involved, and obviously a huge week in terms of news coming out of. Um, your home country. So just a, no better person than the, the voice of authority on women's rugby to, to get us across all of the, these events. But we, we must start with, with, with Ireland and the situation that um, the director of women's rugby and sevens rugby, uh, Anthony Eddy has caused this week. Yeah. Jaw dropping stuff. Um, I couldn't quite believe it. I had to read it about 15 times just to make sure that I hadn't got the wrong end of the stick. But if, if you if you haven't um, seen or heard those comments, Ali, what, what's what, what's been what's been going on in terms of what Anthony has said and your takings from from what he said? Yeah, I mean, I think it was first of all just incredibly disappointing to read it, and I think what it actually reflected was just a number of wider issues going on there. That have been, you know, a problem for a long time, but it's brought it all to the surface. I think in one neat, in one neat story. Um, I think what we've got is, uh, you know, we've got disharmony clearly within this group. Um, so between the group, the players, and those who lead it. And I don't know about you, but I found it really uncomfortable to to read what he said. And what you were seeing there was someone sort of pointing fingers downwards. And it's very hard as a group of amateur players, mostly, to have a voice. And it's been really great to see the players kind of band together over the last few days so there's definitely there's, there's an issue there between the management and Anthony whose job it is to promote the team and help the team and support them uh, and the players and, and there's no you know I think what other problems the RFU have had for a long time women's rugby is just a lack of accountability and, and you saw it so well there and um, you know he took on that role seven years ago when Ireland were fourth in the world won the six nations a few months later uh, it's you know the the program has spiraled and he's led it and you know there are people listening like myself who work in jobs where you manage big teams and the buck does stop with you and when there is failure and you oversee that you have to put your hand up and say 
I'm part of this at very least. And to not see that, I think, was was really, you know, kind of shocking. And, and the, you know, to see the RFU sort of in the way that they do kind of row in behind him um, was was just really disappointing. So in the short term, there's, there are a lot of issues there. But I think what I would say is it's indicative of a culture at the RFU. So people like me who've been dealing with the RFU for a long time, you know, I was a committee member on the original IWRFU uh, back in 2000, 2001. So I was around when the merger was was about to happen and so on. And there is a culture there that suggests, you know, that gives off the sort of sense that the women are lucky to kind of get what they get. You know, what more do they want is the kind of the perception that you, that you get from there. And, and that's very problematic. And, um, you know, the next few days and weeks, I don't think this issue is going away now. Um, it will be really interesting to see what happens next. I mean, that's one of the worst decisions that um, IRFU has ever made, letting letting you go from, from that situation. Um, I'm being, being flippant, but we, we are 20 years on and we haven't moved on, Ali, as far as I can see, literally haven't moved on a, a, a step further from, from those that are running the women's game in Ireland. Well, I, th- I think culturally we haven't moved on. And I think the big problem they've got now is just there's no trust now between, uh, you know, the players on the one hand or people involved in the programme around the country. Because, you know, you've seen reaction from not just international players, today, but clubs and people who play in, in grassroots um, so I think the culture, you know, many things have, of course, progressed. There are good programs in place. You know, there's better standard of rugby being placed at the club, playing play at the clubs. The team were successful, you know, within that 20 year period. Um, but what you see there, you know, culture shows itself, um, you know, in, in different ways. And if you remember not so long ago, the RFU had to issue two apologies for the embarrassing pictures that emerged of, you know, where the players, the Interpro players were getting changed. If you remember a few a few months back. And this just constantly happens with them. So, you know, I think Jeanette Fury said it really well on Twitter. She talked about the merry-go-round of issue happens, apology, you know, we'll review it, and then we move on. Then it happens again a few years later. So there has been progress in 20 years, but the culture um, in the union and the trust between the women's game and, and those who are running it, um, you know, is poor. And, and you know, you know this, like in my day job, I'm a director of communications, and part of my role and the roles I've had for the last 20 years so as to advise people how to do interviews and how to speak and so in that context you know it was a shocking interview it was tonally you know it was tone deaf firstly um I had no idea what he was trying to get out of it in terms of any objective I know he was sitting there answering questions and it was just incredibly dismissive and I listened in that context of the job that I do and just thought wow this is this is appalling and unfortunately you know they haven't the RFU are silent and we haven't seen them kind of say, look, we accept this and we accept there's a problem here. So, um, you know, we've made progress, but there, there's a, there's a, there are real problems there. But it's, uh, yeah, as we've seen, I was going to make two points, but, but as we've seen, even, even the space of five, six days with, with Wales and, and nobody knows who's got a contract, but contracts are now on the table. That's now public their performance and the reaction to tries and just what it meant to them that they were being backed publicly makes all the difference. And yeah, that Absolutely. Wales are coming off a huge amount of, of losses and, and what have you. And Ireland obviously coming off a disappointment of not, not um, qualifying for, for, for a world cup. Um, but, but I think the other point I wanted to make was if there was a men's team, you, everything's reactive rather than being proactive and and every single one of these these bodies uh, and and whether it be the, the, the women's sevens the men's sevens uh, part of their their ethos is is excellence um and and leaving the shirt in a better place it's just it, it's simply not the case and it and as you say it's all completely left right oh sorry for that oh yeah sorry for that at some point you've got to go well do you know what um it's just easier from a business point of view, isn't it? Just to be slightly more proactive and you don't have to keep dealing with this stuff. Yeah, look, I think there's two things there. One is tone and language. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And you saw WRU chair, when he, you know, he was part of the contract announcement, strike a very good tone and and talk ambitiously about women's rugby in Wales. And whether or not, you know, the solution they come up with is perfect, at least the players left that or gone into their autumn campaign feeling supported. If you listened to or read the interview that Anthony Eddy gave this week, I mean, you'd be shocked to know that this person is in charge at women's rugby. It didn't even sound like he liked it. Um, So, you know, that's the first thing. The second is we have a problem in the women's game generally. I mean, I talk about this a lot. 
um, where some unions, not all, um, just do not see it as an opportunity. They see it as a drain on resources or a cost um, and not as something that can grow the game for them. So it could grow the game for them from a numbers perspective, which is happening in most countries. Women's rugby is the growth area in terms of participation, um, which is really important. That's what national governing bodies are for, to you know provide a game for everyone. And second, um, and this is a real problem from an Irish perspective, they don't see the or they don't want to see the link between investing now and getting a kind of commercial return later. So, you know, as as a result, you, you kind of get the bare minimum just to keep up, keep your head above water. Um, and, and you're not, you know, you're never able to sort of wash your own face from you know commercial perspective because the investment hasn't happened. So there's there's two challenges there, I think. And they're not specific just to Ireland, but obviously they've been the flare up this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was, it, it certainly appeared on 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 the language that he used that um, are not particularly well hidden, that the the players would be very disappointed with with their performances, and 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 again, it, it seemed that that was where the firmly where the blame was, despite reviews going on a World Cup review. Um, is, is that is that the one being paused or the or the the, the general one? It's yeah, and, it's and you know, there's, on. there's a question mark now about this because there was a review in 2017. Uh, new targets were set, all but one were missed. Um, they were up to next year. Uh, it was never published. The players weren't happy with it, and now we're having another one. I mean, I would question whether that should go ahead because how can the players trust the RFU to you know from a kind of corporate language perspective mark their own homework again when they did it last time and it, it's failed so um you know let, let, let's see uh, where they get to in the next few weeks but I'm not entirely sure as good as Amanda Bennett is and she's excellent and she's been the person appointed to look at this that uh, you know that that review can really be re- reflective of what's going on and actually come up with recommendations to solve problems and what we really need and I saw Bernard Jackman wrote this um today brilliantly um is we need the the RFU is run by a board of 25 people who are responsible for how the game is governed. 22 of those people are men, which is a conversation for another day. Um, but we yeah. don't, we never see these people. Uh, we never see them standing up saying, this is not okay. But maybe they're doing things behind the scenes, but right now we need them to stand up. Let's presume they're all going to go to the New Zealand game on Saturday. Let's presume they're not all going to be at the Ireland USA game tomorrow night. Um, but ultimately, you know, we need to see some accountability and we never get it from the RFU. And it does feel, I hope, that this is this is building momentum. And, um, you know, I'd really like to see them emerge and, and take some responsibility. Because yeah, it, it, it's for, for all the uh, words that, uh, that you write, um, that you know, our little podcast may, may say, well, have you actually the reaction from... From the players, started by uh, Cleaner Maloney, wasn't it? Uh, didn't think as much. Didn't think uh, it was much spreading season, uh, was her response to some of the comments. Uh, Keir uh, Griffin has come out disappointed by the comments made by the RFU Director of Women's Rugby. Uh, an apology apparently has been issued to her from Anthony Eddy. But unbelievable swell of, of support. And actually, um, in, in terms of the girls progressing in rugby, that's not the important thing. But actually, the, the game in a healthy state, that's really impressive, isn't it? They, actually, the players have had enough now and, and therefore um, they get rid of those players and boy, what a... I mean, if we think this is a sticky situation, then that would be even worse, wouldn't it? But actually, people have to get behind them now and therefore people at the very top making these decisions not being accountable have to listen, don't they? Yeah, and and, uh, and probably we need to see or we need to start putting pressure on the, pe- the, the sponsors who are associated with Irish Women's Rugby, are they happy? To be connected to this, are they? You know, what pressure are they putting on the union? The people who fund the RFU, Sport Ireland, the government, and so on. You know, what's their view? I think this is this is something that we can't sort of, you know, put the brakes on now and move on. This is something we need to keep pressing the accelerator on and keep the pressure on and and see some actual tangible change. And just to your point about the players, I mean, very brave of Cleaner to do that. There definitely have been situations in the past that I know of where Irish players have spoken up behind the scenes and been dropped. And she will have known that. And um, she did it anyway. So I was really relieved to see people rowing behind her today. I was slightly worried she was going to be left a little bit out there on a limb, but she wasn't. And, you know, the strength in numbers is important. But, of course, a number of players in that squad are contracted sevens players who are employed by the RFU. So that does make it um, slightly more difficult, but, but, but good for the ones that have come out. 
Yeah, I mean, it's shocking, not just Ireland, is it? Where we hear the same stories from Wales of players putting their head above the parapet and, um, yeah, promptly not getting included in the next in the next squad. But look, it, it, we are where we are. They've, they've got a test match. It's well unbelievable in a test match week. Um, Seven fifteen uh, at the RDS for the first time. That is the best way people can show their support. I think do it with your feet, do it with your wallet. Get down to the RDS and, and give these girls. My goodness, don't they deserve some support uh, come Friday night up against the USA? Yeah, and it'll be a good game, I think. I mean, yeah. the USA have just come off the back of two games in a week. Um, I think for Ireland, it could go one or two ways. I was thinking about this before I came on. They'll either be completely and utterly motivated, galvanised, and go out there and have an absolute belter, or it goes the other way, and all of the problems we saw in the World Cup qualifiers that where they just really didn't perform which wasn't that long ago, um, yeah. will emerge again and there's pressure on them and so on. So I think it's going to be a really interesting match, but Ireland should be confident, um, you know, at home, hopefully a decent crowd. America have travelled here. They've got to be tired. Two games in five days, travelled. Some of their best players aren't here. Um, so Ireland should be confident, but let's see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's uh, that's Friday night. Um, RT player as well, if you can't to get down to to the RDS but yeah we can't stress enough get get yourselves down there um, the other thing I wanted to I, I like we, we could talk for another couple of hours on, on that subject but I only got you for uh, before your gin and tonic glass is, is empty again hmm. and you need it refilling um, just want to talk about England New Zealand um, off the back of those two games highly anticipated to the mini series England uh, obviously now going to, to Canada uh, New Zealand off to France um, 99, where's my notes? 99-27 over the two games. That's the world champions uh, against the only fully professional outfit in the world. Is it is it as simple to say, well, they are, that's what you get with professionalism? Yeah, it's fast. it was fascinating. I, I had England as heavy favourites to, yeah. to win the first match at least. And, and uh, But if you told me this combined scoreline over the two, I wouldn't have believed you. I think there are, I imagine the New Zealand Rugby Union must be a bit perplexed back in back in New Zealand because by their own standards, right, they have invested more than they've ever invested in women's rugby over the last year or two. They, they bid for the World Cup, they got it, they've given players semi-professional contracts, they've introduced a super rugby competition, and yet, <laughs> look what's happened. And I think the problem they've got is that, they, you know, historically they've underinvested, right? And it's taking a long time for them to catch up. And England have just raced ahead and left them behind. And those two things are, you know, problematic for them. So I, I think what will be fascinating is to see what they do. So do they carry on as they were planning to carry on, have their one-month Super Rugby competition next spring um, and hope, hope the players improve enough in a year? Or do they do something drastic and say, actually, for six months, like, just like England did in 2017, if you remember, yeah. Let's go pro for X period and throw everything we've got at this and, and see what happens. So fascinating for them. I, I, I almost had sympathy for the New Zealand Rugby Union when I thought about that. Um, but, you know, like the, you know, decades of historical investment kind of catching up with them. Um, it was, you know, England were amazing. I think that's the smartest um, I've ever seen them play against New Zealand for sure. But one thing I would say is really important is that this is, to me, the fittest strongest England team I've ever seen uh, and it's going to take you know they're going to get better <laughs> uh, it's going to take you know something significant for New Zealand to turn that around in a year 11 months now um, but boy what 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 fun games they were yeah I, I, outstanding I, I I like you yeah England had to be had to be favourites um, I was incredibly impressed on the first test by by the Red Roses and actually thought they didn't play poorly, but left 30, 40 points out there. But the second test to to then drub drub, you know, 56 15, um, second week up when you know the, the All Blacks are coming back after a week being together and what have you, I thought it was even more impressive. Um tactically, where 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 do you think England got it right? Yes, they look as you say, very, very fit, very, very sharp. Um some standout performers for us, as you say, there's what five or six players to come back into that, including Emily, certain Emily Scarrett. 
Yeah, I think it's actually quite difficult to pick, um, you know, yeah. one area or two areas because they were superior everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Um, and they, they you know, their, their skills were better, their decision-making was better, and that's before you even start talking about, you know, set-piece and defence and attack and so on. They were just much, much better. And I think, actually, you know, you, you could, you're in a world now where you're thinking, are New Zealand going to get to the World Cup final next year? You know, that, that's where you're at now. But that's why these two games against France, I think, um, are interesting. My my sense before the tour was that we wouldn't see the best of New Zealand at all till games three or four because of the layoff and all the other things. Um, and so I don't know if that will come to pass, but these two games are going to be great. I don't know if you've seen the French team, but it's brilliant. <laughs> One of the best French teams I've seen in ages. And so this is not going to be easy for New Zealand. Yeah, I, I, come on then. Who's going who's gonna to scrape that one? Well, I think France favourites definitely for both tests, particularly the first one because they're they're back in power. They're they're going to have a big crowd. Look at yeah. the team sheet; it's good. You know, Safi and I and Jesse Tomorrow are on the bench. Um, big plus for New Zealand is that Kelly Brazier's back, and she does make a huge difference to them. Um, but I don't see them. I mean, New Zealand have won the last. Two, France have beaten New Zealand the last two games. Yes, they're not afraid of of this team. They'll have watched England take them apart. I think. If this was away, maybe you'd say, I'm not sure, but this is at home. I think France will beat them uh, this weekend. And, you know, maybe I can't call the, the last test yet. But, you know, what it would be, it, it would be frankly hard to believe a few weeks ago that they could go home with four test losses. And that feels very possible now. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It seems like they're 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 on the on the on the cusp of, of that. Um, so that's France, France, New Zealand, uh, England take on on, on Canada. Uh, Canada just having. Um, and a, a couple of victories over over the US of a what are you going to make of of that game? Do you think you will will, will change up you some of the the fringe type players? I've not seen a, a team yet. I haven't either. Um, you you'd you'd suspect if they're going to, it will be in you know the latter half of this game and and certainly the game the week after. Um, it's interesting though. In some ways, it's possible Canada will give them a tougher game than they got from New Zealand, and, and that sounds kind of an incredible thing to say, but they have been playing. Um, they've got very good players. Karen Paquin, you know, is one of the world's best. She's oh. played really well in the tests. Um, and so it'll be a good game. England, England I think, will win um, for all the reasons we've just set out in their home. But it won't be, you know, it, it won't be an easy game. Um, they, may, they may well, as I say, put up a stiffer test than New Zealand did, which is kind of an incredible thing to say. And, yeah, let, let's see what change Simon Middleton makes. I mean, he must be loving life right now. Um, so selection you know, headaches, yeah, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, like, I mean, look, how you know, if there wasn't a World Cup next year, you'd tell him to retire now, right? But, um, yeah, I, I, it'll be it'll be good to see some fringe players come in. But some of the England players, I mean, Abby Dow, I think, has been incredible, best, you know, just just amazing. She, you know, Porsche Woodman was good last weekend, but Abby Dow over the two tests, just sensational. Um, you know, so many young players in the pack as well, just standing up, I think, just very, very impressive. Leanne Riley, the scrum off, you just would never want to play against. It's just annoy you so much, but one of those brilliant nines. Um, great player. So, yeah, there's so many players in form for England. be interesting to see who he picks. Yeah, indeed. So, um, I, I, I have to agree with you, I think, because, you know, Canada got that, 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 that front five, that, that eight, it is good, and there are some combinations there that play have played for a long time together, played together at a club, some of them in the UK. I think that set piece battle is going to be far, far harder for England, and therefore that that front foot, that you know, that launch pad is going to be far less stable for England. So I'm I'm absolutely with you. Um, Wales, Jap uh, Japan um, was last weekend twenty five. Five. Um, we spoke about just just very very briefly. Wales obviously uh, take on South Africa this weekend. Let's we'll just, just talk about Wales. It was a very buoyant performance, um, and and you saw what it meant to them. Um, a deserved victory, and yeah, where where you would expect them to be after such good news the week before. Yeah, two two kind of perfect tests to follow up that news. I think in some ways because yeah, yeah. you know they beat Japan. Um, they, they're likely to beat South Africa, but I think it'll be a tougher game. They played well against France and they're really getting their act together. And that's why they hired someone like Lynn Cantwell and she's with them, you know, in camp. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be good this weekend. But yeah, for Wales, it's exactly what you want. It's a bit like when, you know, England start the Six Nations against Italy and Scotland or whatever, you know, there's time to bed in and they've got that. So fair play. They've, Wales have had a rough 
couple of years. Those players have been through the mill on and off the pitch. It's, you know, I said, I think I wrote somewhere last week that I found it kind of uncomfortable to watch Joanne Lily Crap have to explain what the last year has been like negotiating with WRU. You know, she shouldn't have to be doing that. Um, players should be focused on playing. And it was, you know, it was quite hard to see that, you know, yeah. and I think I said, you know, the battles they should be fighting are on the field. And yet, you know, the most important ones are offered. So they deserve some success. They deserve a big night out. And, um, you know, I'm sure this weekend's game, they'll be favourites and it'll be a good match. South Africa then. Um, you, you've mentioned um, the lady, we had her on the, on the pod a couple of weeks back, uh, Lynn Campwell, doing unbelievable things. Um, so it would seem it just seems to be a whole, whole load more no- noise, loads more games, games on television. They come over here 46 3 against France last weekend. Uh, they you know, just had taken Wales this weekend. I, I thought that's actually a reasonably impressive performance, or certainly scoreline anyway. Definitely, they played well, and I think, um, you know, they seem to have a great culture amongst the group. And you'll have seen some of the videos of them, yeah, yeah. you know, celebrating and singing. Um, look, there's a reason the staff grew up being hired in Cantwell and went after her. Um, you know, Rassi Erasmus is very involved in the women's program in terms of the direction of it there. So yeah. they are taking it very seriously and in a way they've ne- they haven't done before. And, you know, the next World Cup will be too soon for them to do anything spectacular. But, you know, the steady progress and that, you know, building up of experience. These games would be brilliant for them. We, we don't see enough of South Africa. And there was years where they didn't play at all. So, yeah, they're definitely a team, I think, on the up. And African rugby... Generally, you know, if, if you guys watched Kenya during the Olympics and so on, you know, there's some really great talent if it's just invested in and South Africa, the team who've got that at the moment. So, yeah, pretty, pretty good time um, for the African nations at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some, some sevens, African sevens on last weekend. Um, yeah, I, South Africa, I remember doing 2010 World Cup and South Africa literally hadn't played a game in, in, in four years or something. And yeah. Australia had either. But um, yeah, they, so they, they're, they're coming a long way. So yeah, delighted for them. And yeah, some brilliant social media stuff coming out of, uh, of them. What a great experience for them. The, the last game, um, I think it was on Sunday, uh, Scotland take on take on Japan. Um, Scotland presumably buoyant riding on the crest of the wave of, of giving themselves that opportunity um, to still com- compete at the World Cup. Yeah, and although they did it at the expense of Ireland, which I was very gutted about, um, yeah. you know, I Sorry. was really happy for them. <laughs> um, they, they, like Wales, look, they've been through a tough time. I mean, one of the things about Scotland, which is very interesting, and I'd forgotten that this had happened recently, a few years ago, they gave a number of players, and 10 players, contracts, and they called them 2021 contracts. And the whole sort of ethos in there was around qualifying for this World Cup. And that single-mindedness is about to pay off, I think. I think they will qualify. I think they'll go to the qualifiers and, and get through. And, you know, you have to take your hat off to the Scottish Rugby Union. They don't have the resources that England have, say, but they made a strategic decision there. It looks like it's about to pay off. And, look, they'll beat Japan, I think. Um, they should, although, you know, J- Japan can be very good at times, and they, they did well against them the last time. But, you know, they, they also deserve a big night out. I'm advocating for nights out here. <laughs> You are indeed. As she reaches for a tonic again, um, Ali. You know, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think Scotland, Scotland will will, will get to that to, to that World Cup, um, and yeah, deserve it to them. Now you're looking at not just a fifteen that's that's very competitive, but you're now beginning to look at 23, 25, 26 players, which are are competitive and give selection headaches. And that's that's the that's the place to be. Certainly going into going well, into. Well, I, I just World think Cup. so. Before we go, that one of the things that's really helping the Welsh team, you know, Wales, Scotland and, and Ireland a little bit, is just the quality of the league here in England. And yeah. I didn't mention that up top, but that that's the other sort of driver of where England are now. You know, we saw Simon Middleton saying before the series, he didn't have any worries about throwing relatively new players in against New Zealand because the quality of the league was so high. And Scotland have benefited from that. Lots of their players are playing in the league. Um, you know, same at Wales. I mean, <laughs> most of their players seem to be playing in the league. So, yeah, that 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 has become you know just a hugely important driver of the game here in, in this part of the world, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, hugely so. And as you say, benefiting everyone. Um, and also, I also think it, it's right that, um, that there should be no apologetic tone to to what England are do, doing. You, you know, again. I thrash my head against a brick wall and saying you, you could do more in certain areas and, and I believe they certainly could, but um certainly needing way and dragging everyone else with them and it's for everyone else to, to catch up rather than England to to put the foot on the brake. So uh no, um 
couldn't agree with you more. Ali, um, marvellous to chat you. I've taken so much of your time, so much of your evening, when you've got a proper day job to get to and all the rest of it. And uh, No doubt you'll only have about three and a half hours sleep before you're, you're up again to change nap <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> so, Lewis, thank you so much for your thoughts. Um, I know people absolutely love having you on the pod. Um, always, a, always a real treat to speak to you personally as well. So thank you very, very much as ever. Thank you, and thanks for all you're doing. I'm Annie Cleveless, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Ali Donnelly there, um, always absolutely brilliant, isn't she? Um, very, very clear thinker, a lady clearly very, very intelligent, uh, works in, in communications. Um, and that's that's very, very obvious um, to to see, isn't it? Um, love her point about uh, the Irish Rugby Union and that culture that, that is clearly still still lingering at uh, the IRFU. Um, but if your players are coming out and saying it's wrong, then do you know what? Um, something must be wrong. And full credit to the likes of Cleda Maloney, um, to the captain, Kira Griffin, Anna Capeless, um, these kind of players coming out and saying, do you know what? This, this just isn't good enough and we, we've had enough. Um, and, and fair play to them. So just a reminder of the international fixes then this weekend. All kicks off Friday night at the RDS. Historical game. Ireland women playing their first game at the RDS ever. Take on the USA. That is live on the RT player. But please, 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 if you're, if you're in the area, well, what a great way to start the weekend anyway. I've uh, got the, the men against the All Blacks. Uh, why not get out to the RDS on Friday night? And, and that literally give your feelings with your feet and, and your wallet. On Saturday, France take on New Zealand at the Stade de Hamel in Poe. Wales break South Africa, as we say, at the Cardiff Arms Park, live on S4C. Also on Saturday, Switzerland take on the Czech Republic, an Africa Cup action as well as Namibia host Zambia. And if you didn't catch it, uh, England play Canada at the Stoop on Sunday, live on BBC Two here in the UK. And also on Sunday, that Scotland against Japan game. That will be streamed live on the Scottish Rugby Union website. Let's get more of the news then, shall we? From around the globe. Here's Nadi Butelezi with Nadi's News. Well, thank you, Johnny. I am, of course, Nandi Butelezi coming from South Africa. It's been another exciting week of women's rugby, and we do kick things off this week with the Barbarians having named a number of English powerhouses of women's rugby in their first squad announcement for the upcoming match against South Africa on the 27th of November. The Killick doubleheader at Twickenham will see the famous names of Rochelle Rocky Clark, Katie Daly McLean MBE, and Natasha Mohunt take to the field in the Barbarians shirt. These announcements mark just how strong the Barbarian side will be, remarked head coach Joe Yap. More to follow right here on the Women's Rugby Pod. We will also be bringing you a special Barbers episode in a couple of weeks' time, so please do stay tuned for that. Canada secured the inaugural Pacific 4 title with a second win over the USA in a week. In Colorado, a tight match against the two North American sides saw Canada edge ahead 26-13. They led 19-10 at the break, after which the tight affair continued. Two yellow cards to Canada's lock Laetitia Arroyo turned to a red card, and Canada were down to 14 players from the 63rd minute. But the deadlock was broken with Canada's Karen Paquin putting Canada to 26-13, where the score remained until the final whistle. Over to Europe and the Rugby Europe Trophy, two championship sides resumed international test this weekend. Belgium headed to Amsterdam for their first test against each other since 2018. Big changes to both squads, with Belgium only recently announcing the return of its 15th programme again, whilst five debutants appeared on the Dutch roster. The Netherlands won 44-0 against Belgium, but despite a resounding win for the Dutch, Five tries in the first half, the Belgium players reportedly were pleased with their performance. Belgium now prepare and build for the next test against Portugal on the 4th of December as part of the European Trophy. Czech Republic kept their European Trophy dreams alive this weekend, recording their biggest ever test win score against Finland, winning 39-12. They ran in a total of seven tries against the Finns, which puts them second on the table behind Sweden. They now travel to Switzerland in the next match this weekend in Neo. 
The Welsh RFU announced last week as a major investment in the women's game, including professional contracts to some 25 players over the next 12 months. They've announced 10 full-time contracts with an additional 15 retainer contracts. Plus, there'll be match and training fees. Contracts are currently being drawn up, expecting to come into effect in January 2022. The IRFU have appointed Aidan McNulty as Ireland's women's sevens head coach ahead of the HSBC World Rugby Seven Series. McNulty had been interested coach for the conclusion of the 2021 campaign but will now take over on a full-time basis. The IRFU are in hot water once again at this time. From Anthony Eddy, the Director of Rugby for Ireland 7s and 15s programs, defense of the current state of investment in women's rugby in Ireland. In a pre-match media interview, Eddie rejected suggestions that the 15s program has been neglected in favor of the 7s team, branding it incorrect to make such suggestions. This is a time where there are currently no full-time 15s women's professional contracts, while 7s players are on the back of Ireland failing qualification to the World Cup earlier this year in Parma, where Eddie suggested blame solely on players' performances. This is also a time where the IRFU are conducting two reviews into women's rugby, one examining Ireland's World Cup failure and another on how to implement World Rugby's 2018-2023 Women in Rugby Action Plan. Further in this defensive interview, Eddie suggested that investing in the Irish women's game will ultimately not lead to Ireland to being left behind against rival nations. Irish players have slammed Eddie's comments, including internationals Cleaner Maloney branding it slurry spreading, Claire Malloy deeming it truly disheartening and disappointing, and Jenny Murphy classing his stance as spineless. More to follow. Andrey Kuzin has left the post of head of the Russian 7 squad. Alexander Alexinko has been appointed as interim coach. Staying with Sevens, Canada are recruiting for a national women's Sevens team head coach. So get those applications in. And I must say, it's good to see that a public recruitment process is being followed rather than an internal one. And still keeping with your Sevens news, teams have been announced for the Asia Rugby Sevens Trophy, which will take place in Dubai on the weekend of 26th-27th November. The women's competition will see contests between Nepal, India, Uzbekistan and China. Looking over to domestic rugby in the second round of the Prem Cup in England, which took place this weekend, and in Pool A, Bristol beat Wasps 33-10, while Quinns beat Gloucester Harpery 29-12. DMP was on a bye this weekend. And in Pool B, Loughborough lost at home against Saracens, losing 22-12. Exeter beat Sale 19-0 at home, with Worcester on a bye. This weekend is the third and final round of the Prem Cup before there is a week's break and round six of the Premiership will then return on the 27th of November. This weekend in Pool A, Wasps will take on Quinns, Gloucester Harpery will play host to DMP and Bristol will be on a bye. And in Pool B, Saracens will take on Sale, Exeter will play Worcester, Loughborough will be on a bye. Meanwhile in Ireland, round six of the All Energia League continued. Galvegians lost at home against Blackrock College, losing 19-5, while Malone failed to put any points on the scoreboard against UI Bohemian, losing that clash 28-0. Old Bovedia won 28-21 against Cook, while Railway Union bagged a massive 62-3 against Etonians. Wilklaw RFC won 15-10 against Belancolic. This means that Blackrock College fall to fourth on the table with 24 points, whilst Old Bovedia and UI Bohemian move to first and second place, both on 25 points and five wins from five, but Old Bovedia in front on points difference. Railway Union moved to third, also on 24 points. Round 7 of the All Energia League resumes on the 27th of November, so no matches for the next two weeks. But Round 16 of the All Energia Cup will take place on the 20th.
Nandy, thank you very much. Brilliant to get all the news from around the world. We'll see you next week. There's loads going on, isn't there? So you'd expect from the fastest growing team sport in the world. There was loads of news last week from Wales, wasn't there? As uh, Nigel Walker announced contracts for 15s. Rugby players, international rugby players in Wales. And Wales took on Japan at the weekend. And it was just it was just lovely to see, as, as Ali Donnelly was talking about earlier on in the pod, that the pain, uh, Sean Lillicrap talking and uh, trying to explain the actions of, of her union again. But to see the delight uh, of tries being scored and just what it meant to the players to be backed by them. Well, look. Enough of what I observed. Let's talk to a lady who was right in the thick of it. The one of the most experienced players in the Welsh camp. Karen Lake joins us now on the WRP. A very, very good morning to Welsh International of some standing. Uh, Karen Lake, very good morning to you, Karen. How are good. we? Good, thank you. All good. Yeah, you're, you're at work at the moment? Yeah, just in work. So, um, yeah, just managed to catch 20 minutes. Oh, Just... very good. What uh, what what do you what do you do outside of um, putting it in for your country? Yeah, so I work in um, Tana Hospital in a community mental health team, um, just providing some admin support to them. Okay, so quite... oh, great stuff. Well, it's, it's reasonably obvious why, why we've got you on. Um, there is a, a huge amount of of news firing around the women's game at the moment. But obviously, we're going to concentrate on Wales uh, with yourself. Let's get into um, last week's news, contracts, your initial reaction as a, as a very experienced member of, of that squad to, to that announcement. Um, it was, you know, it was very exciting. Um, and it was a cliche answer, but it's, you know, to see where, you know, I've been involved for quite a, a long time now in the Welsh setup. So to see an actual outcome come in to help support the players, um, yeah, it's only, it's only really exciting. Like myself, I'm come maybe towards the end ish, <laughs> coming up to the end of the career. But for the youngsters who <laughs> and, and the future of Wales rugby, um, it's only a positive start. And that, that is what it is as well. It is just a start. Um, so it, things can only get better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- there was. There was quite a lot of noise on on, on both sides in terms of positivity <laughs> and negativity, but you you got to got you got to get on the wheel first to start with, haven't you? Exactly. You know, you got you like you said, you've got to start from somewhere, and you know, if they start in at this, you know, ten full time, fifteen semi pro, that's twenty five contracted players, without then the extra, you know, funding for players who are in campaigns. You know, that's that's a, a good amount of contracts being offered. Yes, they might not be, you know, life-changing sums, but it's still enough for, for girls to question whether they can leave their jobs, re- leave their roles to live as well. Like, And it, like you said, it is just a start. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, there's a point. Certainly, we made on the on the podcast with Lisa Burgess last week and, and social media. So it's a really good start. Uh, yeah. As long as it is, ju- it is just a start, um, and obviously the huge amount of excitement uh, around the squad going into the, this autumn campaign, and that that certainly showed at the weekend against Japan. Yeah, it's been it was a long fun, time. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was hard work, obviously, as any international would be. And you know, when you're chasing the win after two years, it's you know you do kind of put more pressure on yourself. It's hard to get out of that rut. Um, but I think the the coaching setup we've got now at the minute, um, you know, it's when they, when we came in uh, beginning of autumns and then we were told that they're going to be there till the end of the World Cup. I think that had a turning point as well, knowing that you know, <clears throat> sorry, we're not going to learn something for autumns. Are then going to change for Six Nations? That's going to change again. You know, we've really bought into what the coaches are asking and the the structures, the training, and. You know, I think the girls proved that and performed that, showed that performance on Saturday, on Sunday. Sorry, um, yeah, it was just a win that we really desperately needed to be on. But now comes if we come back it up this weekend, then it's not just a one-off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was interesting, yeah, yeah, making that point because yeah, there has been a lot of uncertainty. But it's, I mean, Karen, it, it's not rocket science, is it? Your 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 people. 90% of the time, rugby players 10% of the time. It, you, you've got a lovely young lad. You, know, you give them parameters and, and things to look forward to and what have you. It, 
then you can buy in. It, it's yeah. no difficult. And now you've got right the Welsh Rugby Union. You could see it in your play. Mm. People are backing us. Yeah. Pe- people care. And whether it's that solid coaching system or contracts, whatever, people behind us are, are backing us. And now we can properly represent the WRU properly. Yeah. And it massively showed in the in the performance. Was was a lot of that kind of stuff spoken about pre-game? Um, nothing, nothing doesn't really, need to. Yeah, that's it. You know, we've got that now. That's been said. We know what's the outcome of it. It's just up to us now to to take the field. And, you know, the coaches can only provide so much. It's up to the players then to step up as well. Um, <clears throat> having that, you know, because co- we still don't know with contracts either. You know, not much has yeah. been so at the minute because obviously we've got a job in hand. Um, yeah. but just like you said, it's in the back of your mind. You've got something to play for. You've got something to push you, drive you that little 1% extra maybe. Um, and have the like positive press for a change as well. You know, it's not negative. <laughs> we should stop playing. You know, we've seen a big turn of positivity from the public. And, you know, some stuff on social media is more positive or rather aimed at the WRU, rather at players. So it's nice. It's, it took, um, from this year anyway, it's taken a big chunk of uh, weight off the then. Me personally, I always read into social media. I know they say not to, but it's hard not to when it's there all the time. Um, so it's, it's nice to see the, the public with us as well and, and supporting us and pushing for it as well, not giving up, you know, questions. Yeah. Every every week, questioning where it is, what's happening, you know, it is good. Yeah, no, as you say, um, people sort of realizing that, um, yeah, you can just actually just get on with what you're supposed to do and just just play the game um, yeah. and concentrate on that. And actually, yeah, with a with a twenty three five win against Japan at the weekend, really really buoyant performance. Um, expecting similar kind of things against Africa this weekend? Slightly unknown quantity, although, um, yeah. yeah, they are beginning to put their ducks in a row, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. And it's it's hard because, like, with COVID, we've been lucky over here in Britain that we've still been able to play some sort of rugby, so they might have some, you know, club games on people and stuff. But with South Africa, you know, two years ago, I think it was the last time we played them. Yeah. Um, you know, they have had that game last week against France, which was really good for us, actually, because at least we've got something to analyse. But yeah, we think it's going to be a different kind of game to Japan. You know, Japan brought just so much intensity and, you know, constant. I think ball in playtime was like 39 minutes or 40 minutes, something like that. You know, it really did test us um, just on a different kind of style of play. Um, but we know South Africa, you know, they, they're big ball carriers. They're quite similar to us as well. You know, they got some, you know, they, we feel they're going to track it up a bit. We're going to be on, we're going to have to be on, you know, on point with our, our defensive game as well. I don't know. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and televised on on, on S four C, which is great. As was last weekend. We'll put those yeah. uh, the, those details out in the in the pod as well, so people can uh, can can tune in. Um, will will be a great occasion. Uh, are you are you happy with kind of with with where you sit now? Obviously, there's a you mentioned it slightly earlier. There's an opportunity potentially to to get a contract to, to be paid for, for something that you've, you've voluntarily done um, and given a huge amount of time and sacrificed lots and lots, I'm sure. Are you happy that um, where you are, that you've got to bridge the, 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 those two, you know, amateur and professional, or would you prefer to, to potentially sort of be eight, 10 years younger? Well, Not that I've got a magic wand to go, <laughs> oh, here you are, Karen. Um, let's rewind time to now 10 years younger. But it's a hypothetical question. In an ideal world, yeah, it would In be an ideal world. 10 years younger to be offered something like this. But, you know, that if uh, if I was offered a contract, you know, that is something I'd have to take up with my employers then as well. Um, it's not as straightforward for myself and some of the other girls. You know, it's it could be a risk because, like, my age as well, you know, taking would I quit a job to take a contract it's you know it's it's something that we'll have to be a lot of thought into but 10 years younger I'd bite the hand off if they if I was offered you know it's it's something you've well I've dreamed of and it's exciting yes it's coming at the end of my career but it's exciting this is where Welsh rugby's going and you know kids that are maybe I don't know quite at that influential age maybe 14 15 playing two sports don't quite know which one to go down to there is a professional way now where they can make an uh, have an earnings, make a living on rugby. They don't have to choose that other now. 
you know, having this, yes, the pathway might not be there as of yet, but making the, the senior team professional or semi-professional as well, you know, that's only going to filter down. And then hopefully in a couple of years, we got that, that uh, pathway coming through and feeding the national team. But it's it's just it's really exciting. I'm just really excited for the the future of Welsh rugby, rather than you know maybe not myself personally for maybe for a year or two, especially leading up to World Cup. But for the future, really excited for them. I I was going to say you said coming towards the end of your career. I've gone nowhere near that, Karen. I've not said anything like that. I've never said. <laughs> but no, look, it, it is massive. <laughs> possibly a slightly silly hypothetical. Um, uh, question but it but it I, I think you know a bit of coaching than I do to have people like like yourself uh like Kareth Phillips you know Sean Lillycrap that those more experienced players um and uh Shona Powell Hughes may well come back in once she's uh qualified to to put yeah. fires out um you know, those kind of experienced people that can can anchor the squad to say well yeah, you guys have got it brilliantly and actually just just um Accept what you've got and, and be uh, you know, not not overly thankful because it, it should happen, but actually just um, yeah, be yeah, in a good place yeah, about it. Fightful as well, isn't it? You know, it's you've got to be a bit grounded. You can't just come in and think you're. I don't know. You, I don't know how to say it in a nice way, in a polite way. Um, you know, you cheese like <laughs> without swearing. I don't know. What to say. Um, but yeah, they've they've got to know that you know this this is fought for, and I think a lot of the girls now, the younger girls, they they've really had an eye opener as well of what, especially the last say six months of what we've been fighting as a players group as well. Um, it just makes it that more special that we have moulded it a bit, we have contributed, you know, we have had sort of talks and an input into what what we want then as players. You know, it's not we've gone this is what we're having and that's it, but we've helped and said this is what will help us. You know, it's you know we've we've asked for time. That's the main thing is allowing us time. Um, just you know, because we it gave me back in work. It's it's not so much the money as such. The money's a bonus, but it's having the time. Have they're having time to train at you know sociable hours, not having to travel, you know, late long distances late at night. It's it's how to buy us time. And this is what we've come up with as a as a union then, as the players and the management and. You know, this is what we feel will allow us to have that time. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. And it's not—it's not difficult, is it? We—we've we, seen um, the Red Roses. Yeah. That's a really professional outfit, putting ninety-nine points on on you know the the, the world champions over over two games, and and you know that professional you know preparation is very very clear for absolutely everybody everybody to see i just want to pick up one thing you just said there how much consultation did did you senior players or, or the players have with um, it, it the wru the wru were very open they've been brilliant they have been brilliant um nigel walker coming in has been really open you know he's come in he came in before his appointment as well so he started you know, little things going before he'd even was getting paid to work in the WIO for in his position anyway. So, you know, there's been conversations, meetings, the leadership group has been back and forth between us and, and them as well, like uh, passing on things that have been discussed in meetings. You know, they've been really open with us and honest. Like every time they've heard something, they've come into the squad and announced things. You know, it's, it's it has been really good. And a, and a and a real change. Um, well, you, you've just done your, your your case for a contract. A world of good there with that uh, last answer. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm joking. Do you know what? It, it, it's really nice, and you know we 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 verge on the side of positivity here on the on the WRP. Um, but when you when you interview Joanne Lillycrap, um, you, you're your captain, mm. and and you can just see the hurt behind the eyes, and it's and it's soul destroying. But but to hear you come on and and be so positive and genuinely positive uh, about the future and what's going on now, it, it genuinely is really really delightful to to hear. So um, yeah, as Sharon said on one of her tweets of the over the last few days, um, we're going places, and yeah, it yeah. truly feels like that. And I'm I'm the, the, to, to a player, I'm delighted. Yeah, that that you know that hurt and feel let down and everything. With them coming in now, it's kind of changed to the positivity. You know, it's oh, actually they are listening. They are wanting change. They are backing us. Um, 
it it feels more well it's believable than more it's ever been do you know what i mean so you know they've dangled that carrot a couple of years ago and nothing ever came of it and then they dangle it again the following season and you think oh is it going to be like last year yes it is it's another one coming in and you think this year i don't know it's just some well obviously it's come out in the press now you know we've we've believed them they've believed us and we've got to have that positivity we've got to take that forward as we've we can't dwell in it anymore now you know we have given everything we have you know sacrificed loads but it's it's got to come and we've got to take that positivity now we've got to we've just got to roll with it and you've got to deliver and yeah um, exactly, yeah that's it yeah you know, absolutely great stuff just a break a, a touch there karen i'm gonna uh, we'll, we'll leave it there let you get back to to work thank you so much for for joining us today uh, on the wrp really really appreciate your your honesty and it's lovely to see a great big beaming smile on your face <laughs> oh thank you for having me it's been great <laughs> Brilliant to have Karen on the pod. It was the first ever podcast. So she just said, I uh, can't believe that. Speaks very, very well. Spoke really honestly, didn't she? And openly, uh, just to the, the joy. You could hear it, see it, almost feel it. That they are in a very, very different position to what they were 10 days ago. Um, uh, union publicly backing them, putting their money where their mouth is. Um, and that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, good performance against Japan. You could see how much it meant to them. Uh, they take on South Africa this weekend. So, yeah, a chance to get another win on the belt. Uh, South Africa, again, a chance for them to to really, really grow on this tour. Learnings all the time can only be a valuable exercise for them. Uh, so we will bring you news of what happens at the Cardiff Arms Park next week on the pod. But uh, that about wraps up this week's Women's Rugby pod for you. A couple of shout-outs to finish, though. Southwest London, Richmond RFC, one of the oldest clubs in the world. They have launched a girls' youth section. Well done, Richmond. So many people doing it now. These just double your numbers. It's it's quite simple. Just double your numbers at a rugby club. Put in a new shower block, new change rooms, and double your numbers. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. Anyway, uh, head down to... <laughs> Uh, Richmond on Sunday, Sunday the 14th, that's this Sunday, for a free taster session. If you're in the area, it'll be bags of bags of fun if I know anything about Richmond. I've taken kids down there to, to play. It's a really, really good day. Um, so, yeah, free taster session before the women's match against Bath. So, yeah, head down to Richmond, RFC, Sunday the 14th, so this Sunday, for your free taster session before the women's game against Bath. Another shout-out to the Carlisle Cougars who are raising funds for their club after the COVID has decimated their financial situation by doing a naked calendar. But fair play to you, ladies. You can grab one off uh, their website or head to their Instagram, which is at Carlisle Cougars R-U-F-C. I'll say that again. At Carlisle Cougars R-U-F-C. Fair play, and I should be racing to the Instagram account right now. <laughs> Just leaves me to say a huge, huge thank you to to our guest, Karen Lake, Welsh International, to Scrum Queens, Ali Donnelly. Brilliant, brilliant to, to, to speak to them both. Thank you to the team behind all of this, to Sean, to Tom, to Bluebell. Thank you guys for listening as well. Uh, um, you can get in touch someone from America got in touch about an event happening in March and we responded they couldn't quite believe that uh, we'd responded but of course if you get in contact with us and give ask us to give a shout out we absolutely 100% will so don't be afraid at pod women's rugby we're across Twitter Instagram Facebook LinkedIn you name it we are across there as well Get a bit chilly as well. We've got jackets, beanies, snoods, mid layers, base layers, top layers, any kind of layer you like in our shop. Bit of WRP stash. Haven't seen any photographs coming in on our social media of people in our stash in various places. But anyway, www.hallbro.com forward slash WRP. That's www.hallbro.com forward slash WRP. 
P. Thank you very, very much once again for listening. Do rate and subscribe if you haven't already. We will see you next week. Enjoy the plethora of rugby coming at you this weekend. And let's stick shoulder to shoulder, shall we? Goodbye for now.